Midway USA brand product designers have one straightforward goal. Develop high-quality, technically sound products and deliver them to customers at reasonable prices. If you are immersed in the shooting sports industry and pay close attention to every single detail, you know our products are built right and stand up to everyday use. Who has shooting mats and range bag systems to hunting clothing and just about everything for the outdoors? Log on and shop 24-7 with super-fast shipping. MidwayUSA.com Hunting boots are a critical component of any successful hunt. Whether walking a short distance to your blind or trudging miles through rugged terrain, your feet are carrying the load. Without the right boots, you could give up early and lose out on that trophy just over the ridge. At Midway USA, we make selecting boots for your next hunt easier. With just a few clicks of a mouse, you can decide on what's important, like waterproofing, insulation, size, width, and savings. For just about everything for shooting, hunting, and the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. Welcome to the Casting Across Fly Fishing Podcast. I'm Matthew of castingacross.com, where I explore the quarry and culture of fly fishing. This is episode 34 of the Casting Across Fly Fishing Podcast, and I'm recording it on the 4th of July. Uh, that being said, I'm going to, one, keep it kind of short, and two, talk about some um, uniquely American issues, as well as some issues that kind of uh, tie into the idea of liberty and uh, independence and, uh, and all that sort of stuff. So first thing is um, the issue of public lands, and um, for off the bat, I am not the authority to talk about this. Um, I think I say that a lot in this podcast, don't I? Um, I'm not the authority. Uh, but it's it's true. There's a lot of nuance to a subject like this. Um, anyone who thinks they have a political situation totally figured out is a person I would be very wary of, um, especially somebody that tells you they have a political situation totally figured out. And that's precisely what the public lands debate is. So if you're not familiar um, with this, then chances are you've kind of stayed away from a lot of traditional fly fishing media, whether it be magazines, whether it be websites, whether it be um, podcasts, or um, even just outdoor shows. Because this, this is an issue that has been at the forefront within not just the fly fishing culture and industry, but the outdoor culture and industry at large. So that is to say, not just fly fishing, but fishing and hunting especially, um, as well as hiking and camping. And then on the other side, and I, I guess that that's even an overgeneralization to say that there's the outdoor interests on one side of the argument, and on the other side of the argument is um, uh, private landowners, specifically um, those who have interests in uh, utilizing resources, whether it be timber or um, other farming, mining, oil, natural gas. I think it's a little bit of a false dichotomy. Um, in broad terms, is that accurate? Absolutely. But I mean, that, that paints some people in a bad light. You know, does that mean every uh, cattle rancher um, wants to utilize the resource uh, until it's a dry and desolate wasteland? Absolutely not. That's a completely unfair picture to paint. Similarly, might there be somebody who is very interested in domestic, sustainable energy resources that also wants to maintain a healthy watershed and a enjoyable resource for all? Of course. I mean, that, that, that's certainly out there. Um, and, and how about this? On the other side, could there be somebody who is really into hunting and fishing, 
uh, and really puts a lot of money into the sport and really speaks loudly for their right to go hunting and fishing, yet abuses the resource, whether it be through um, uh, constantly uh, taking their full uh, allotted harvest of, of fish and of game, uh, whether it be just using the resource very, very hard or even abusing the resource, you know, using their four-wheeler through a stream, uh, leaving trash behind, starting fires, uh, not being respectful of the private landowners that abut public lands. So all that to say is that it's not this monolithic um, thing where it's it's a simple white hat, black hat, good guy, bad guy uh, sort of um, issue. Furthermore, I think that we need to be wary and careful in this issue, like any other issue that we come across, whether it be uh, related to fly fishing in some way, shape, or form or not, that this isn't something where it can be easily said that all fly fishers support the exact same cause and the exact same methodology to achieve that cause. Um, there are a lot of folks who want uh, a, a very hands-off approach from the government and a lot of folks that uh, want the government to be very involved within fly fishing. And sometimes those fall on party lines. And a lot of times uh, the public lands issue is one of those things where people may break ranks with their uh, political identification because they do say, you know what, I do like a lot of government oversight, but in this issue, I wish they would just let good enough alone um, or vice versa so i think this is a topic definitely worth thinking through um, and it starts locally and i've said this before and i've talked about conservation because really the public lands issue is a conservation issue you are conserving a natural resource for recreation primarily um, I fish a lot of places where they manage the the hillsides for timber, and they utilize the water for either um, for for drinking water or for hydroelectricity. And every once in a while, I'm inconvenienced by what's happening in that management of that land, whether it be um, Forest Service land or um, National Park land. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, it's more of an inconvenience to my fishing than it is a detriment to the resource because a lot of places, at least that I encounter, um, it's being managed well. And so it's not like um, the, the the dark and scary uh, image of the, the bulldozer coming in and all of the deer and rabbits running away and all the birds flying away and all the fish running and running. Fish don't run. Well, I guess they do. They run upstream, don't they? Anywho, uh, the fish getting out of there to, to avoid uh, imminent peril. I mean, that's not what it is. A lot of times, it's, it's, it's environmentally conscious resource management. Again, throw that caveat in there. Are places abused? Of course. Does that happen by private resource managers? Of course. Does it also happen by that very same government that people sometimes expect to protect the resource? Absolutely. So I'm not saying this to be fatalistic and just say it's it's going to burn no matter what happens. I just think it's important to remember that it is really a multifaceted, very nuanced uh, thing to consider um, exactly what we're talking about when we talk about public lands. I think it is very reasonable and it should be expected of somebody who enjoys um, utilizing the resources, the woods and the waters that we have in this country to be, get behind and promote a certain level and standard of protection and preservation of public lands. I think that's something that's uniquely American. 
And I also think it's something that is um, just good stewardship of the creation that we were able to enjoy. And along those lines, I mean, we have over 10% of the country. I don't have the numbers exactly. I mean, I've read plenty of things in, in just in the past few weeks about this, but over 10% is a, is a low figure um, of the United States is set aside for public use. And I think that most of that is even just forest service. And so, you know, we usually, we usually think about the national parks as being kind of like the, the, um, the land that's set aside for public use, but that is a really a drop in the bucket when you consider the wildlife refuges, the forest service, the land that is um, overseen by the United States um, Corps of Engineers. Uh, there's a lot of land out there that has been set aside either for recreation or simply for um, preservation. And uh, again, looking just at the national parks, you might think, oh my my word, we really don't have that much. But the the volume of acres that we have set aside for multi-use preservation of land is is really quite something and that's not that can't be said by people in western countries and cultures uh, across the board and it certainly can't be said um, around the world Um, you talk to even people in other western nations other western english-speaking nations about their opportunities to fish and some of the hoops that they have to jump through to be able to get on water um, whether it be a socioeconomic limitation or um, even just an access limitation uh, you might get bummed out that a small stretch of your land or or water is inaccessible because of a public landowner. Um, in other parts of the English-speaking world, uh, there's entire stretches of streams that you just can't touch. Um, and so I'm not saying, you know, well, it could be worse, but I am saying it could be worse. Not to diminish your concerns about your stream or about the state of affairs in our nation. But to say that we really are blessed, um, especially as anglers, um, consider all the places you can go today within an hour drive where you can hike, where you can fish, where you can just enjoy nature. And uh, it's, it's pretty remarkable. And we, we have something that not a lot of people have. So that's kind of my first topic, uh, public lands. Uh, think it through. Don't just buy into a party line. Don't just buy into something that a, an outdoor industry company is pushing. Um, you know, it's easy to get behind a initiative um, if you know it's going to get likes, if you know it's going to get um, thumbs ups, if you know it's going to get people looking at your product and buying your product. I'm not saying that to demonize any outdoor company. Um, it's just the nature of, of capitalism. And it's one of the downsides of it um, is that we uh, sometimes just throw support behind something um, because it's the thing to throw support behind, if that makes sense. So think it through. I'm all for public lands. I'm also for managing them in a uh, reasonable um, way that is equitable and fair for all and uh, considering every uh, facet uh, of of not just that land, but the abutting lands and all the people in the area. All right, so that's the first thing. Second thing is uh, the issue of social media and liberty. All right, now this might not sound like a particularly fly fishing focused conversation, but bear with me. Uh, We're at a point where social media is becoming the enemy of free speech. Now, if this sounds like crazy conspiracy theory, far right or far left talk, um, let uh, let me clarify. Because first of all, it's social media. 
you don't have to use this stuff. It's totally voluntary. Um, it's free, but just because something's free doesn't mean that you have control over it. If anything, something that's free means you have even less control over it. Um, so whether it be Facebook or YouTube or Instagram, you know what? If you don't like it, get off. That sounds awfully harsh, but that's kind of the reality of the situation. Um, but that being said, there has been a huge crackdown, in, especially in YouTube, um, and again, YouTube, private entity, you know, they can do what they want to do. It's not the government. Um, but regarding the nature of what people can not only post, but then what can be monetized. And I've seen this pop up in a few different uh, uh, channels that I don't follow super closely, but um, that are things that I just kind of keep track on. One is a cigar review channel. And I don't smoke a lot of cigars, but I, I this guy is is somebody that years ago I saw and the way that he does reviews is so personable and I just I really appreciate that so even though I was never gonna buy let alone smoke any of these uh, cigars that he was he was reviewing I just I thought it was cool the way he did things well demonetized and you, you can't find his videos similarly there's a an uh, outdoor survival and uh, bushcraft and trapping channel again this is not stuff I'm into it just kind of I, I like the way this stuff is presented. So I'm not talking about people with you know um, crazy uh, political viewpoints. I'm talking about people who are simply showing a product, discussing a product, things that are totally legal within the United States, things that are not offensive to the majority of people, at least I would assume. Um, I feel like the vocal minority is really who's pushing the needle on a lot of these things. But um, it, it's really disconcerting to see that some of the things that are being flagged as inappropriate or being demonetized. This impacts fly fishing because fly fishing is a very um, easy target. Why? Most fly fishers practice catch and release. So you can't even make the argument that what you're doing is for sustenance. Uh, what you're doing is clearly for uh, enjoyment. Um, and all of the things that go with it, the conservation, the uh, awareness of, of ecological issues, the restoration of things that have had environmental damage uh, done to them, all of those things go to the wayside when someone sees you on YouTube or on a video on Facebook catching a fish this fish appearing to be in distress, and I think we can all agree that the fish is in distress, but it's the distress of a fish. It's not the distress of a person. It's not the distress even of a mammal. It's the distress of a fish. And and then it being unhooked and put back on the water. So what is the, the net result? It, it, if it's things are reduced and flattened out to the optics of the situation, it is you are impacting this wild creature simply for your enjoyment. And now somebody else has been subjected to watching that because it has been posted on social media. And so I don't think that it's crazy or too far off to say that uh, we are not that uh, um, far out from fly fishing uh, or especially hunting and fishing videos um, being limited and restricted. The people who make their livelihood um, using social media, which is totally fine. You know, that's that's great. I have nothing against that. Um, being demonetized and having to... Uh, find some other source of income, which again, I mean, those are the bricks, you know, that, that's the, the way that everybody's job really is. 
but I think the the deeper underlying issue of of limiting speech, limiting what is being presented, is is definitely disconcerting. And if you are in total support of somebody posting a video of them catching a trout and releasing that trout, or catching that trout and eating that trout, which I think most fly fishers should be in support of both of those things, then you have to be consistent in your thought process when you think about what is happening to people who are posting other sorts of videos um, on social media, um, or even just sharing their ideas in the public square and how their viewpoints are being limited. Um, regardless of where you fall in the ideological spectrum, this is certainly something that I think is worth thinking about, especially when you take it to its logical conclusion. And for our purposes, somebody who catches fish and posts pictures and videos on social media, on the internet, or even on their private website being um, quieted and being shut down. Uh, what does that mean? What does that say? Is that good for our culture or is that bad for our culture? Hey, so let me know what you think to both of those issues, the public land issue and what I mentioned about liberty and kind of free speech, uh, specifically as it relates to putting uh, fly fishing content on social media. If you have a thought about those things, if you agree with what I said, which I really didn't kind of come down with my opinion, I don't think. Um, and if you want my opinion, then I suppose you could let me know that also. But um, what do you think? Let me know. Leave a comment in the show notes on castingacross.com for this episode or get a hold of me through my social media channels. Uh, Facebook and Instagram are the two best ones. Of course, Twitter is there also. Um, but then also feel free to send me an email, matthew at castingacross.com. If you are particularly um, animated, um, then there's a very good chance that you're going to be interacted with sometime in the near future on the podcast. Uh, but uh, don't do it just for, for doing its sake. Um, so anyway, uh, hey, happy 4th of July. This week on castingacross.com, two articles, when actually both of them were sort of non-traditional. The first one was on Monday, and that was a video review of the Risen Fly Fishing Genesis, the 7.5 foot 3 weight. This is a rod I feel like I've mentioned like week after week after week on the podcast, and I legitimately believe that this is an excellent fly rod for small streams. I'm not saying that the bar is lower for small streams because you really do need, you know, everything's shrunk down. You, your your windows are smaller. Your margins of error might even be smaller. So having a quality piece of gear matters. That being said, for under $100, the Risen Fly Fishing Genesis 7.5 weight is an excellent rod. Uh, is it the best fly rod I own? Absolutely not. But it's in competition with rods that cost $400, $500, $600 in my opinion. Uh as far as you know that that's what's up against i'm not saying it's as good as those rods but that's that's what my my uh frame of reference is but it's an excellent rod a rod i'm happy to fish with but a rod that i really like that i can put in the hands of somebody who is just getting started so check out my review of that uh, fly rod uh actually a video so if you know my voice is is uh, not good enough for you you get to see my face and me standing awkwardly um next to a stream talking about a fly rod then on Wednesday, I put out a post called, it was one of my Rusty Flybox series, which again is a retread of old articles. But these are three good ones. One's called Fly Fishing on the 4th of July. Um, one has to do, it's called 42 Ways to Catch More Trout Guaranteed. And the other one is called Mr. Nice Fly. Um, the 42 Ways to Catch Trout Guaranteed is um, very ironic in that it is criticizing people who write how to catch more fish, which... Um, 
if you've ever read or listened to me, you know I do that, uh, but uh, it's, it's worth a read. This week's recommendation is a documentary that you're probably very familiar with, and it ties back into the first topic of the podcast, and that is Ken Burns' documentary called The National Parks, America's Best Idea. Um, it is a great miniseries. If you're familiar with Ken Burns' work at all, you know what to expect. This one's really cool because the voices um, are not just historians, but there's a lot of park rangers um, that come from a diverse uh range of backgrounds so you really see how the national parks are a national um, treasure uh, that uh, everybody can enjoy that everybody can can get to and so it's, it's really cool because some of those public lands issues that I was talking about at the beginning you see kind of how too much government involvement can be bad and how all, not enough government involvement can be bad in this National Parks documentary. Um, so I think it's a, it's a great thing, regardless of, of where you come down on that public lands issue, for you to see and kind of get a little bit of perspective. But it's just uh, breathtakingly gorgeous. Um, some of the, the imagery from the way things were hundreds of years ago is going to make you pine for, for yesteryear. Um, but at the same time, uh, you also get a real perspective on where we are in the 21st century and how we have it really good as far as uh, public lands, especially in our national parks and all the resources they provide for us, not just as fly fishers, but as uh, citizens and visitors to the United States. Thanks for listening to the Casting Across Fly Fishing Podcast. Please subscribe in your favorite podcast app and rate the podcast on iTunes. Then head over to castingacross.com where you'll find more info on this podcast and three posts a week on the people, places, and things that go into the pursuit of fish. In Wild Country, rules were not created by man. Don't miss Wild Country, Wednesdays from 7 to 11 p.m. Eastern. Presented by Primos. Speak the language. Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment. Join Captain Justin Leake and Meredith McCord for the best fishing action along Panama City Beach. Tune in to Chasing the Sun every Sunday at 9.30 a.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV.